0: Hi, I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor-burn-free shave. Handmade in with natural ingredients, visit victoriangrooming.com. Hi!
1: i'm christina ryan and you're listening to tell craig your story podcast
0: Hi guys, Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast. Tell Craig your story. And the very first episode for 2021. Uh, I want to say a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to all my family and friends. And I also want to say thanks to everyone that supported the podcast. You know, this little idea that I had late in 2019. And then all of a sudden, 55 episodes later and over 3,000 downloads, it's been, you know, we had some amazing guests on here and, uh, you know, I started off with just some friends and then all of a sudden it just sort of took off and all of a sudden I'm interviewing Andy Raymond and Casey Bennett and all these amazing new bands and actors and actresses my favorite rugby league team the newcastle knights mark glanville and mark hughes most recently uh pete Molan of the atlanta braves and we have all new ideas and we're going to try them in 2021 and uh, we have some great guests that I didn't get a chance to uh, come on uh, last year. Really looking forward to trying some new ideas. Today we'll be speaking to Christina Ryan. Now, Christina is born in Ireland. She's had an amazing career. I love doing these podcasts for this reason. I was going to talk to Christina about her acting career and all of a sudden, we talked for nearly one hour about her musical career. She's had an amazing career as a musician, a pianoist, and violinist. She's toured with orchestras all around the world. She's also a Bachelor of Music at the Royal Academy in London. She's also been a part of the orchestra that was on X-Fact. And she's also been able to perform and play music with One Direction and Sir Elton John. But before we go, please go to our website. We are still at Podbean. Tell Craig Your Story at podbean.com. We are on all the social medias and we have a link tree there which tells you where Tell Craig Your Story podcast is streaming. We have a WeChat for our Chinese listeners and VK for our Russian listeners at Tell Craig Your Story. I also want to give a shout out to our two sponsors. We have Tony Fair and his company Victoria Grooming in Canada, and we also have Nigel, the Shanghai Psychic. So this is part one of my chat with Christina Ryan on Tell Craig Your Story Podcast. Hi Christina, how are you doing today, or tonight? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, i'm very well thank you well it's morning for us here so it's been um it's been very relaxing and um, so yeah no thanks for having me on the show
0: of no, no worries thank you much for your time we were just early before we we're just commenting about our different backgrounds yeah <laughs> Definitely getting into the the Christmas spirit back there, which is Absolutely. great to see.
1: Yeah, no. In fairness, I think you know just with the year that we've had, everyone has. I mean, I have friends who've had their Christmas decorations up since September. You know, so <laughs> I, th- I think I was kind of you know relatively good in terms of only pulling it up about a week ago. So yes,
0: yes. <laughs> I remember when I was a kid, I was always used to bugging my bugging my parents, going, "Oh, mom, can we can we put the Christmas tree up? Can we put the lights up?" And this was like November, but oh my God, September! Wow, that's uh, yeah. really well.
1: I think I think just with the way things are, but like Christmas was always a huge thing for us. I mean, my my mum and dad. in fairness to them because I have a brother as well, we always kind of had a big Christmas, you know, whether that was with family or with friends or, you know, they always made a big deal to kind of to make it special. So I suppose it's amazing how that kind of nurture has fed into them, how I see Christmas, you know, and so it's always a case where I'm like, we have to have a tree and we have to have this and this and this. And so it's, um, yeah, it's, no, it's, it's. I know some people, it's not for for everyone. And I can understand that for their own personal reasons. But for Yes. Me now, Absolutely
0: love us. You would you wouldn't even think it was Christmas here in Shanghai. They, really? have, they just think it's another day. Uh, they have different religions, different beliefs. Oh, some God. some of the foreign foreigners will, will celebrate it, but uh, yeah. you know it's all about their Chinese New Year here. So um, mm-hmm. they're gearing up for their big Spring Festival. That's their that's their big holiday. So two weeks. So
1: i I always think that's amazing because yeah. in a way because the world has almost become so westernized in terms of you know kind of everything that they're embracing you know it's it's quite nice to know that they still stick with certain traditions and that they're not kind of fed into that you know so that yes. they say they have you know their kind of Chinese New Year and then you know other places have their own kind of little things um so i i, I kind of like that I mean yeah, that's it's good it is. Like
0: Christina first question I asked to everybody. How are you doing in the pandemic? Uh, are you and your family sort of staying safe? I, I can see that it hasn't really affected your work. Uh, movie credits for 2020. So obviously, <laughs> yeah. you know, you have been able to work. So tell us tell us how, how that's how you've adapted.
1: Yeah. How have I adapted? Well, I suppose like um like a lot of people it, there isn't really a choice, you know, you either sink sink or swim. And I think, um, in terms of what my attitude has been to this, I will I will admit at the beginning it very much was overwhelming. It was like like everyone else, kind of a new unexpected thing to happen. So I think it was a matter of trying to kind of adjust and as you say, adapt. Um, so, but luckily kind of, I am in a situation where I have a lot of support and, um, love around me. So that kind of made things a hell of a lot easier. So I suppose as it stands, we're all safe, touch wood, you know, and, um, I love doing that. (laughs) 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 I see people do it and I was like, my God, like that was actually really cool.
0: Um.
1: But, yeah, no going to go like, international
0: now The whole touch wood thing
1: It is, you know, I mean, in a way It's one of the few things that um, we're actually Allowed to touch,
0: you know So, I mean, yeah, kind of uh, expressions and stuff like that's that That's true,
1: yeah. Being, yeah being
0: safe there Yeah
1: <laughs> well um so yeah no thankfully we're all safe and well and we're still sane which is a miracle because i think definitely with what we've been put through and also the threat of what's to come um i think definitely it's 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 been it's been pretty pretty challenging but we're we're hanging in there
0: that's great and tell us about ireland uh like in general did they shut down in this period or, or are they still sort of hanging in there
1: Ireland are, they're, they're being, they're probably one of the, um, the kind of uh, leading examples in terms of what things have been happening. So they've been very, they're, they're very cautious in terms of what they're doing, I think, because, I mean, like everywhere, nobody really knows what is the answer. And yes. I think they're playing it more safe than sorry. So um, we had the lockdown in March. And then we came out of that, and then there was the different stages that they had, and then to top that all off, there was kind of a switch in government. So, um, oh dear. Yeah, there was, there was, there was a lot happening really where people felt a little bit kind of like the rug was swept underneath them. So, um, but we, we've managed really well because as you know, Irish people were, were kind of, were, were troopers. We, we, we kind of put the best foot forward in a, in in a, in a difficult situation. So, um, as it stands now, we're, um, doing a kind of a a regulated kind of normality, which, um, is kind of, it's something anyway, you know, whereas I know a lot of, a lot of countries have unfortunately, um been put into lockdown a very strict lockdown so at least we do yeah. have a little bit of luxury but you know yeah. I think I think we can't really wallow in self-pity because at the end of the day we just have to have to have to get through this yeah and,
0: that's know, right
1: this way so
0: gonna go to Europe this year mm-hmm. and and talking about that um, I was having a look at your um, Instagram and, and I saw you know a couple of messages about you know mental health you know how have you sort of adapted like in this period like like we said you did two films was it A credited film
1: um well no actually the so the films that are kind of doing the rounds are um kind from of from last pre- year yeah from previous right. They're right getting at the moment so it's yeah. um that's a really big positive in terms of kind of to get things out there and to kind of have a, a, a almost like a, a positive kind of focus you know yeah. um the mental health things i suppose like the there is a group that i run on facebook called uh, covid sports stress relief 19 right. which was a big focus for me where um again i kind of kind of felt just when we were going into the very first lockdown um, I was. I, I'm not going to lie. It was a really difficult time for me. I felt really overwhelmed and quite scared in terms of um, yeah. in terms of what was happening. You know, like I know. Like-
0: well,
1: yeah, yeah um, I think that there, there was a point where I, I kind of felt I was um, getting into a low kind of a place. And um, I said, you know what, I need to stop this and I need to find something to do. And one of those things was to kind of it was a bit of a wake up call because I, I reached out to friends and they were kind of saying, oh, my God, I'm, I'm, I'm really scared as well. And I don't know what's yes. happening. You know, this it's not like it's kind of, you know, you have a, a bad patch. This is a world pandemic. Everyone is going through it. Yeah. So um I kind of channeled that kind of um that that kind of um idea in terms of that everyone is kind of struggling with this so I created yeah. this group on Facebook and it's just grown and the idea behind it is um, to kind of encourage positivity and to be kind of a support crutch for anyone who feels that they're feeling overwhelmed or they just are having a bad day or they feel that they're a little bit alone so um, we post kind of funny memes or we have meditation we have you know different skills and stuff so it's and it's been brilliant because we have people from all around the world so they're kind of sharing their feelings or their experiences but we kind of keep it positive and we kind of keep away from any facts or any of that kind of stuff just just so that's not the focus so but it's, it's done really well and um it's still going nine months later so uh,
0: yeah that's really really cool christine i love i love positive people and you know what it's been funny it's been like a trend with the irish people that i've, I've had on the podcast it's mm-hmm. all about positivity and you know helping helping one another i don't, I don't know it's just Maybe just the people that I've interviewed from Ireland, uh, but it just seems to be they're all just trying to help the next person, yeah. not just trying to help themselves, but other people. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. More we, people We big hearts,
1: I think. We. That's we, right. We're kind of a funny fish in terms of, you know, we're, we're we'd, you know, go to a pub and 10 minutes later, a stranger would be your best friend. You know, it just, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's kind of one of those things. We do have a beautiful, and I love that about Irish people in particular now. I mean, mm. loads of people, but in particularly Irish people, I notice that they just are so warm and kind of caring and thoughtful in that way. Like, you know, I know definitely during this period, like, I've noticed people have everywhere globally, actually, have kind of come together to try and yes. kind of be... Be, be more kind of supportive but um with Irish people they always seem to have that kind of warmth that they just go look if you ever need anything even if it's a, a cup of sugar or whatever you know they're always there trying to kind of just be there and I, I I love that about them they're just so warm
0: that's that's amazing and you know what I've never actually been there yet <gasps> it's, it's definitely on my list uh, you've got it's... an
1: Irish surname I, oh, I know we've got shocking. like
0: a we've got a little castle. <laughs> Uh, My dad's done all the history and like go back to, you know, centuries and (laughs) Ellis Gillen. Ellis Gillen? Yes.
1: Wow. Okay.
0: So I'll get over there. Um, it's just oh,
1: you have to when things get give me right. a
0: vaccine, and I'll I'll get the next flight to to Ireland. <laughs> well, it
1: will be one hello party. I think when you know if and when the time comes that we're given the green light, that it's okay to kind of even just give a hug to someone. I think it's going to be the yes. most amazing kind of thing that people relief because uh, you know I think for everyone it's just been so alien because it goes it goes against our nature you know yes I, I know when when the first lockdown finished and I was out with a friend and um, like that we were allowed to go for a walk but within you know kind of distance and it's something I I, I always hug my friends and it was so weird not to be able to do that yeah the physical contact just to yeah, and it's this like air pump thing going on, and it's like, yeah, how are you doing? You know, we're we're gonna you know support you from a distance. It just it just feels so strange.
0: Speaking of coming to Ireland, have you been to Australia? No,
1: and it's kind of a, it's kind of a battle of of minds because I would love to go, but I have a massive fear of spiders.
0: Oh, um, oh, come on! So, it, it, it's just like uh, the, the National Geographic, uh, yeah. Uh, they, only see, they only see the bad things, you know. Um, I know,
1: I know, and it's so stupid because I I almost I would love to go. I've, I've I have family who 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 um, are in Perth and Tasmania. Oh, right. Oh, and, beautiful! Um, yeah. yeah, and they're always like, "Oh, come over and stuff," and I'm like, "Oh my God!" You know, I'm kind of like googling what areas have the biggest spiders, or you know, kind of
0: because <laughs>
1: bug spray is a big thing over there. So I, I, I know it's silly, and I, 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 will. I think it's on a bucket list to go over at some point. Um, I'd love to. There is a huge, as you say, Irish-Australian connection. I think yeah. Australians tend to be quite similar to us in kind of their mannerism and how how they see the world. So, um, no, it's it's definitely it's definitely on the. Bucket List. The, <laughs> only, the only thing I can't wrap my head around, because there was a friend of mine who was explaining, Christmas Day, you guys have turkey sandwiches on the beach.
0: Yeah. Well, it's the That's summertime. So... One side of my family today had an early uh, Christmas. They called me up and it was 35 degrees. Um, oh, my so, God. I yeah, don't... so a bit, a, bit a bit of a comparison. But yeah, um, in the morning have family and then lunchtime uh have some lunch and then go to the beach have a surf have a swim
1: wow that's just and then
0: and then and then for dinner it's like salads mm-hmm. and uh you know
1: barbecue and
0: stuff. yeah barbecue <laughs> yeah barbecue and salad <laughs> that's yeah amazing. outside so oh. actor yeah musician Yeah. let's get back to the start so whereabouts in uh ireland did you grow up in
1: so I grew up in Dublin, um, in a place called Cabra, which is kind of North Dublin, the best part. Uh, yeah, I grew up there. And did the primary and secondary school? I went to an all-irish. Did, have
0: a, did school. you have a big? Did you have a big family there in Northern Dublin?
1: Um, yeah, I think, my, well, Dad's hails from Tip, um, Tipperary, and Mum is a dub girl, so uh, Dad has a big side of kind of, of, of Tipperary uh, clown, and then uh, Mum has um, a, another big, biggish kind of family on the Dublin side, so uh, we kind of have the best of both worlds, where we have kind of the, the city, city Jackings, and then we have kind of the, 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 uh, western side of, of Ireland as well so it's uh it's good they're a great family we're very close All right
0: um, so sorry um were um, your mum and and your father were they musicians were they uh, you know stage performers
1: well uh, dad is an appreciator of music um right <laughs> <laughs> um I did get him a tin whistle one year but we we're still waiting on, on, on that um but <laughs> mum mum was primarily the musician her her side of the family is very musical um so she was she mainly did piano she was very involved kind of in, in playing and then uh, teaching she's an amazing teacher so her and her sisters as well so um i think from an early age it was a case where that was kind of um around and um whatever way it worked out um i seemed to kind of show potential so they uh, yes. they got they got me into uh, playing the piano and the violin quite early um and kind of it built up from there and we figured out that i was actually quite good and kind of Did, did you some have a preference
0: did you have a preference in, in your instruments um, and what was I what was it's... more harder to to learn in your opinion
1: I don't know because i i kind of felt they were very equal i mean i right. was probably a little bit more natural at the violin um right. for whatever reason um but i mean both were very equal i kind of grew up doing yes. the competitions and touring with both of them so wow.
0: um
1: yeah and it's it's funny kind of if you fast forward to in terms of teaching because i do a bit of teaching Um, i i think they're 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 just very different instruments and also yes. it, it very um you know subjective in terms of the person so you know i i i, I actually couldn't pick one to be honest yeah, yeah.
0: so they're very difficult, you know, you said that it was very easy to develop, uh, you know, playing, playing ability, so when did you sort of start doing this? When did you sort of pick up the violin or start playing the piano? What age were you doing?
1: Uh, I think piano was probably about the age of five, six... Cause mum, kind of started teaching me from home, and then right. uh, the violin um, was probably about seven or eight, I think. Um, and I was actually at mass, and uh, there was this girl on the altar who was playing the violin. Cause I'd never heard of the violin; I'd never been really around it. Cause piano was mainly the instrument that everyone else was doing. Um, and there was a girl playing the violin, and I just kind of looked at. I mean, she tells me the story, of my mum, but, um. I looked at the girl playing the, the violin and I said, I want to do that, you know. Right. And mum being, you know, mum, she kind of was like, okay, well, let's see what happens. And um, very quickly, just kind of like a duck to water, it just happened. So, uh, <laughs> Right. yeah, it just took over. There open. you go.
0: The rest is history. <laughs> yeah. So, playing along uh, and you said that you, you found that you had an ability. Mm-hmm. So, where did you start? Was it your mum that was, like, pushing you to sort of perform live?
1: I think there was kind of it was a balance between me enjoying the attention because I was good at something, you know, and people, like, <laughs> oh my God, you're so good, you know. Yes. And then there was the, you know, my mum recognizing that um, I actually had something here and that I could, you know, actually do really well. So uh, I think it was a, it was a, it was a balance between those two, and then as it kind, it kind of just evolved because I kind of got involved then in the Royal Irish Academy of Music in Dublin. Um, that's and th- that's where I started started um, doing my studies, and then um, touring with the different orchestras and kind of so whoa whoa. Well.
0: whoa, 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 whoa! Don't skip over that. Let's, right. let's talk. Let's talk about that. Amazing yeah. achievement. I, I want to know all about this. How you become a part of it? How, what the auditions were like? And yeah, tell us. Tell us about this. This is amazing achievement. <laughs>
1: um, so. Uh, when i got into the academy um i it it was very kind of concentrated in terms of classical music and i was doing both i was doing both piano and violin and um i think through kind of the community the thing to do was audition for orchestras and audition for national orchestras or whatever you could do so there was kind of the local orchestra and then there was the kind of the, the bigger scaled ones so um I, I auditioned for the bigger scale ones because you know that's kind of what everyone else was doing yeah that's right <laughs> and got in and then ended up kind of getting very very high kind of um seating as well and that but it was it was a very very um uh, what's the word like it it, it it took a lot out of me in terms of like it wasn't quite normal Situation because mm. I was practicing a couple of hours a day before school or after school, you know. Um, in terms of sleepovers or in terms of kind of social things that normal kids would do, I suppose it was limited because yeah. this was my life. You know, I I might practicing. be you know practicing. Well, I would de- I definitely was practicing even though I wasn't yeah. was massively keen on it, but it had to be done. And then there might be you know where I had tours where you know that was it. I you know I was away or you know I had to. That was kind of my life. You know, so how,
0: just... how how old were you when you started touring?
1: Um, I suppose it's the different orchestras, like um, kind of nationally, probably from about the age of nine, nine wow. or ten. Yeah. Um, yeah now that's I mean, very was all... early. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's, it's kind of funny because you look back at it and you just like I like talking to you or anyone else, you know, it was yes. like, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of what I did. You know, I just went yeah. off with an orchestra or whatever. And they're like, what? Yeah. What was <laughs> at school? What did I do? All of this kind of normal stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but like that's that's just the way my life was. I mean, yes. it's it. I didn't even give it a second thought because it just it was something I really enjoyed doing. And um, there was there was a social aspect of it because obviously all of these other talented kids were
0: yeah, that's right were doing
1: the same thing. So you kind of you know you'd make friends and you know you'd have your lunch breaks after six hours of rehearsal where you kind of sit down, you have six your tea, and stuff. Wow. I know, but like it, I don't it's know, normal. it's so weird to say. Yeah, you didn't know anything else it, exactly, exactly. Yeah. Age. I was a teenager when I got into the um, um, Association of Youth Orchestras, which is the national
0: kind of... London?
1: No, London was college. So this was... Right, right. Okay, sorry, sorry, sorry.
0: Yeah. We're, we're jumping so ahead here, sorry.
1: So that was that was kind of a, a big thing to kind of get into because that kind of separated the men from the boys a little bit.
0: Yeah. And that's
1: when I kind of also realised that this is something I would be quite interested in taking quite seriously. Um, And I suppose through my secondary school, it was a case where I was doing a lot of competitions. I was building up, you know, kind of the technique and the kind of mindset, the stamina, kind of the everything that would be involved in doing that. So it came to kind of making a decision in terms of what would happen after school. I suppose it, it again, it was kind of a case of, well, what's the best that I can do, you know, because I, I I would be quite ambitious. So I was like, well, what, what, what can I achieve? You know, and there, there was either I stay in Ireland or I go abroad.
0: Right.
1: And I kind of said, you know what, I just really want to see, is it possible, you know, to do so. I kind of said to my parents, "Look, I, I I want to audition for England. I want to audition for the top schools there. You know, I want to kind of just give myself the best chance." And they they didn't even think twice. They were like, "Absolutely, whatever you want. You know, I mean, we'll yeah. support you know, no matter what." So, mum at the time, I mean, because she's an amazing woman. She's a powerhouse. She's incredible. She was actually in college at the time, doing an uh, um, an an undergrad in music.
0: Wow! God yeah, I, I mean. <laughs>
1: So uh, my dad actually went over with me to do the auditions and I was terrified. I mean, I would this, the, 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 I, I, I kind of look back now and I go, Jesus, I had some serious guts, you know, but we went over and I had, you know, three different auditions for the uh, World College of Music, Royal Northern in Manchester. And I had the College of Music in England. And then I and how, had.
0: The... How, how strict were they like with the auditions?
1: Oh my God, they were brutal. Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it was like a full day each yeah know? wow they, they went through like you had your prepared pieces then they did your um kind of your error test which is to check you know your kind of pitch in terms of your comprehension in terms of your rhythm in terms of yes. all of that then you had your three-hour paper exam then you had your you no know, your, your your separate audition and you had your dictation Jeez. it was it was pretty full-on and it wow. was yeah i mean i kind of kind of go, going into it i i suppose i was just kind of going well this is what i need to do yeah, and in a way, having dad with me was amazing because he's—I mean, he's a tip man from you know the country, country, you know—and he, he, because he wasn't as involved, you know, when I was yeah. with him, I didn't have to think about it. So, like, if I had a break from doing this, you know, three-hour paper, we'd go off to the pub and you know we'd have some dinner, and that's when you could smoke in pubs, which I also thought was the coolest thing ever. Not that I'm. Just- <laughs> I just, it was just so kind of you know to this 18-year-old kind of going oh my God this is deadly you know we'd sit in the pub yeah. and then I'd have to go back and do another audition or whatever yeah. you know um, it was it it will always stick with me that kind of that kind of part and then I suppose there was the leaving surf because they. Um, um the colleges in England had they'd all offered me offered me a place, um, which I was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Yeah. And so there was the two things. One was to decide which one I would go to. And then the second thing was to get the points, because obviously they were very particular about what grades you got to get in. And I was quite I was quite casual as a student. I kind of took things for granted because, I suppose, Thing some things came very naturally to me I was kind of like "Ah, I'll figure it out you know so (laughs) yeah uh but I I did in fairness knuckle down and I got the got the results and then made the Ah. decision to go to uh to go to the Royal Academy of Music.
0: I want to ask about what pressures that you had there like you were saying that you were doing six hour rehearsals and tryouts
1: um, I suppose there was a few things. The first thing was that I had moved away from home and that I was living oh. in England now. So right. I had, I didn't know anyone going over. Right. Um, and that, that was, that was a little bit tricky because I really am home bird. At, at the end of the day. I, I, I just, there's, I, as you know, there's something about Ireland and about my family and friends, which I'm lucky enough, to, really lucky to have and I'm blessed for that. So I suppose it was, it was a very big changing point in my life where I was suddenly out on my own. And then I was also being thrown into one of the top schools in the world for music. Right. And there was a lot of, there was a lot of pressure because, I mean, I was in with people from all over the world and all kind of, these are like huge beasts in music already, yeah. won every competition under the sun, you know. So even to be in that kind of league was quite overwhelming because suddenly I'm this little Irish girl coming in going, hey guys, you know, yeah. I, I can play a <laughs> little bit, you know. So, <laughs> um, I suppose there was an element of that where I was going into a kind, kind of just going, right, you know, I need to there's I want to prove that I can do this and there was an element of that back home and everyone was rooting for me so I suppose I very quickly kind of realized that there was a lot more work in a way that I needed to do to kind of keep up with this because I was looking at you know some some of the Chinese in particular who from the age of three you know are practicing 10 hours a day whereas I was kind of thrown in an air here or there or whatever you know like that that was just their nature you know whereas oh. you know I suppose with me there was a more kind of you know, oh, well, you know, if you want to do it, you can do it. You know, there was there was a bit of pressure, but it wasn't kind of a, an absolute. You have to do this to, to kind of impress or make someone proud. In terms of the social life, I suppose it was I mean, it was it was mainly revolved around music because, yeah. you know, you didn't really have time to make friends outside of that. You know, whether it was
0: community. You would have had well, that, that was there. it was a
1: bubble it was yes yeah. very definitely like that was your eat sleeping breathing music you know and oh. all of your friends played music and all of your friends you were also competing against because you know with orchestra and I mean you'd have auditions every week you'd have master classes practically every day you'd have lessons every day and um, right. your orchestra rehearsals would be eight to ten hours depending on the conductor that you were working with so I mean that that was your life and then on top of that you had your academics which you were there was no fails allowed, so there yeah, was yeah. there was so much going on that Correct. Sure. Just kind of, you know, and then on top of that, not having your kind of potato crisp sandwiches or, you know, the little comforts from home. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but
0: Absolutely. it was it was
1: a huge it was a huge growing point because I learned a hell of a lot about myself in terms of and um, what I wanted to do and where I wanted to go and um just 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 figure out a bit of life, you know, for yeah. myself.
0: Now tell me, uh, during these periods, I mean, obviously orchestra. Uh, that sort of classical music uh, would be your favourite. But w- tell me, what, what music were you listening to besides that? Or was it just purely what you were playing?
1: Um, I mean, they, <laughs> they, they had a student bar. All <laughs> oh, right. right. <laughs> that you go to for a drink after. Because, I mean, if you're doing 8-hour to 10-hour stints of orchestra, you know, yeah. you're, you're pretty wrecked. But you're also wired at the end of it, so... You know, where you're, yes. the other thing with music that people don't realize is you're not talking. So you're spending that amount of time rehearsing and you're actually not talking. You're, you're playing, you're working out. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of funny. So the first thing you want to do is, you know, have a pint or, you know, just talk, just talk or get it out. Yes. Just, you know, just be normal. So we used to go to a student bar and that's when they'd have all the cool, like, pop hits and all that stuff. And you kind of let your hair down a bit, sometimes too much. And um, That's all part of it. So, I, But I, I suppose, again, music influence was nearly always classical because you yes. didn't really get time to do anything else, you know. Um, I know some people used um, kind of music kind of as a relaxing kind of a thing. But for me, because you're just kind of so involved in it, it's very hard. It's almost like it's kind of your job that, yes. you know, You when you're taking time out, that's not what you're going to be turning to, you know
0: in terms of playing like now do you still perform live well maybe not this year but you know, <laughs> uh, in previous years before uh, is it just a hobby now or you're still doing it professionally you said before that you were teaching but are you actually going out and performing uh, with orchestras or you know is that sort of that career sort of ended <sighs>
1: Um, I think when I had finished London, I made the decision to come back to Ireland to do a master's um, for a few different reasons. And London kind of was a very cutthroat situation where particularly coming towards the because it was four years, it was four year degree coming towards the end. It got quite because it got quite competitive and it kind of showed that really ruthless side of the profession. Right. And
0: tell us a little bit about moving to Lo- uh, London. I mean, it's not coming from from Ireland, you know, to London. It's a bit of a change, right?
1: It was. I mean, it's what I would imagine, kind of, you know, a small town country girl moving to Dublin, you know, or kind of someone moving to New York, or in your case, you know, like Australia. It's it's a huge change to your system, and it was definitely kind of a wow, kind of. Yes. Thing that- I was as as a person I don't think I could be that kind of person who just sits in a college or sits in a cottage in the middle of nowhere and just lives her life you know It was never my thing you know so yes. I always wanted to be involved in kind of a, a busy kind of a, a lifestyle so um, I mean I it suited me quite well because um coming into that there was I was exposed to a lot of different cultures a lot of different food mm um yes. a lot of different languages ways of life like it was it was amazing because in a way Ireland would be a little bit behind in, in terms mm-hmm. of that whereas London was suddenly this big bright shiny new kind of thing multicultural yeah and oh my god this is deadly like I was eating <laughs> you know noodles and sushi I very quickly fell in love with sushi I was like oh my god this stuff is amazing and I went like in <laughs> a massive OD on that for ages I was like this is deadly you know yes. like Ireland don't, I think it's only written the last couple of years. They've even looked at that and it's still people who don't even know what it is. <laughs> um, so, yeah, in terms of that, in terms, I made some really amazing friends from different countries who taught me so much in terms of their background and their way of life. So I think it's, it's shaped so much of me because I've had that exposure and that kind of being able to mingle with people um, that it's made me a more rounded person in general. You know,
0: do you have a story that you look back on, uh, you know, touring with the orchestra, that sort of sticks out in your mind, in, in from this period.
1: Let me see, New York. We played in Carnegie Hall, actually. Um, wow. Yeah, that was a, that was a big one. Where um,
0: you're not going to talk about traveling to New York with the orchestra? Come on.
1: Yeah, we also played in the Albert Hall with uh, and John. Wow.
0: Right?
1: <laughs> come Um, on this
0: is your time this is your time come
1: uh, on (laughs) there's a few things yeah yeah um but no the the carnegie hall was a big one because when we when we arrived in new york i was what age was i now this was my master's so i would have been about 23 22 23 and we were with the chamber chamber orchestra um from the royal Art academy music and uh, we were touring uh, Washington and New York and where else did we tour? Did we go to San Francisco that year as well? I think we did. And um, yeah, that was that was a moment where when we went and we walked on stage in Carnegie Hall, I was like, wow. that's it. That's deadly. That's so cool. That is <laughs> like I can say, you know, if there's nothing else I've done in my life yet yeah, played here. That's cool. Wow. Um, just... That was, well, that was you... really
0: cool. Were any of your performances recorded? Like, can you go into YouTube and and Jesus, I don't know. Check them out. <laughs> I want to check them out now. Come on. I don't know,
1: I don't know. Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, they're yeah. probably somewhere. Um, yeah. I know, obviously, well, with X Factor. Um, I worked on X Factor in two thousand and ten, so that was with the whole One Direction and all those guys. Um, that was that. Wait, year stop,
0: was... stop. What? what? Let's <laughs> let's rewind. Come on. <laughs> yeah i'm, I'm finding uh, out all these information i i, I nothing I kinda, about yeah, this it's, it's come really on like. one direction come on one, yeah. one of the biggest pop bands whether you love them or hate them that's yeah, a story I mean, to tell was... tell us about this how did it all, all happen
1: so we had done a gig with the academy in london with elton john and the albert hall and oh. um <laughs>
0: oh just elton john just yeah you just elton, john, just, episode, yeah, yeah, just elton john yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> um and obviously we did something right so the the manager had had obviously there was some link had gotten in touch and said right well we want to use similar people for the x factor as you know there's really kind of um cool people at the back who kind of play the violin but they don't play the violin which is the thing that i kind of found out but you probably shouldn't say it but anyway whatever um <laughs> So, yeah, they kind of say, so we got this email um, to say, would you be interested in being involved in the X Factor? And I was like, oh, my God, this is deadly. Yes. (laughs) So rocked up to Wembley Studios and um, they kind of like did our hair and our makeup and fitted us for costumes. And they had booked us for the season as well, which was deadly. So it meant we were kind of, that was our gig. So we were working kind of in the backing tracks and then obviously on stage when the acts were performing. So it was it was kind of a a surreal thing because you're kind of going through your academic year and you're doing your studies and you're doing your gigs and you're doing all your classical side of things. And then, you know, you're all your lessons and you're rehearsing all the time. And then you're suddenly kind of being brought into this different world, which is X Factor and TV and pop stars and fame and all this kind of stuff. And you're like just walking around. I remember I remember the first time I saw direct (laughs) One Direction. And they, they were they were kids to me, like they were teenagers right. because yeah. I was kind of looking at these kids, you know, and their walk. And they were lovely people, lovely, lovely people. Mm. Um, who else? Matt Carl was there, Rebecca Ferguson was that year, and then of course there was Simon Kell, Cheryl Cole, Danny Minogue, and um Louis oh,
0: Danny Oh Danny. Yeah. She was so
1: cool. She was yeah. so lovely. Actually, out of all of them, I think I gone on the best with her. Right, because she was very kind of quirky. She had a similar sense of humor. Yes. And um, she was, I mean, they, they were all so lovely. Like, it's so kind of, they're, they're, when the cameras are off and when everything, you know, everyone, it, we're just doing a job, you know? It
0: is human beings, right?
1: So you're sitting there in the cafeteria having, you know, a couple, well, they weren't having chips. They're probably having a salad, but, you know, you're sitting there <laughs> having your food and they're yes. there just chatting to you. And you're like, oh my God, I'm actually like, you know, but y- you kind of drop that very quick because you yes. go, you know, everyone's just doing their job so yeah. that was that was that was that was kind of cool yeah
0: when I look back now on it. now talking about a professional person that's been in an orchestra and you've studied music and all that and then all of a sudden you, you've got to do these pop songs and with a sheet of paper so did you do you look at this music and go this is easy or was it?
1: The one thing about it was that you had probably about 10 minutes to learn this off by heart.
0: Right.
1: Get, they, they literally threw you in a room and said, right, well, you've 10 minutes to learn this and then figure out how you're going to play this and what you're going to do. So wow. you're kind of hoping that you knew the song because if you didn't. Yes. Quickly, you know. Yes. That kind of side of it was harder. Like if it was a simple case where you could have the music in front of you and play it, like it would have been easy to do it in your sleep. But, and yeah. um, there was the added kind of pressure of very quickly having to adjust. And I mean, it was like the acts as well. Like <clears throat> they really didn't get a lot of heads up to do that. So, um, I think. That, that, that was a little bit challenging you know and then also they threw you into kind of these 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 very salubrious and kind of slightly uncomfortable costumes and like there was one there was one case where they had me in like seven inch stiletto heels standing like on this really awkward step thing while yeah. playing the violin and pretending to you know be be totally comfortable happy with this. yeah <laughs> yeah so I mean, it wasn't quite as straightforward as just, oh yeah, I just play the boy in the background you'd be grand. Like, it, there, was, there was a little bit of choreography, you know, going on and then we had, um, oh God, what's his name? Is it Brian Friel? I think his name is, uh, yeah, sorry, Brian, who was kind of saying, oh well, I think we could, you know, get them to turn around while they play and then like stand on one leg and kind of sway and stuff and we're oh, kind of like, what?
0: <laughs> like this
1: little awkward thing for like a classical well, frames? Let's
0: do a handstand while, we, while yeah, we're or hand, you just know,
1: hold the yeah. ball while you play you know? (laughs) just do one hand like and whereas you know you're playing these symphonies by you know beethoven and mozart you know in an orchestra with this kind of particular way about it you know and then you're kind of being asked to do all this it's just it was it was mad but it was it was a lot of fun
0: so tell us about that like uh, i'm always interested to ask you know people that have been on there have been contestants what did you think of x factor before you went on there and what do you think about it now
1: I loved X Factor. I mean, I grew yes. up with X Factor in terms of, right. of the contestants. I always loved that kind of humorous side of it, you know, where like people yes. would be laughing or, you know, someone would come on who maybe had an idea of how they wanted to perform as opposed to how necessarily it would, it would, might kind of turn out. So I, me and mum used to sit down and watch and we'd have a great time. So I suppose that kind of, elements of it was um always so much fun and then when when we kind of went on to do it you definitely got a sense of that it's it's a business that it's yes. you know it's very mechanical in how it works and you know like from kind of backstage to cameras to and kind of the program in terms of like, I mean, because they did a couple of takes, obviously, with uh, Dermot um, doing the presenting. And then <clears throat> you have the audience as well, which has been cute. You kind of just see mm. how it all functions. Yes. It didn't take away because, I mean, I've watched, I had watched it afterwards, but it yes. definitely gave you an insight in terms of yes. how it all works. Yes. Um,
0: was, it, was it all live or was it pre, pre-recorded?
1: No, it's all life. It's all right. life. Yeah, which is which was another thing I thought was really really impressive in a way because everything was planned. Everything right. from yeah, like yeah, if, right. you know this happened or this happened. They they instantly were on it. You know they were able to figure it out and 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 see what's the best way to recover as quickly as possible. Like no, I was I was I have to say like it's, it's an amazing thing that they did. And mm. any TV show and having gotten into then that kind of side of things. It it kind of almost introduced me to that world a little bit to kind of see what it's about.
0: What an amazing story. And I had not written that down on my (laughs) my sheet of paper. So (laughs) thank you. See what happens when when you're just sort of talking? And that's great. So did you get to meet Sir Elton?
1: I did. And I remember the first time we met him, um, we were doing the rehearsal for, we were doing um, a charity gig
0: so what was it for? Was it for his his actual song, or did was it just a live? It performance?
1: was it was it was actually to do with the academy because he actually went to the academy, uh, the Royal Academy. Right. So he was kind of doing like a collaboration with that, um, and I think they were doing a fundraiser as well for something and charity and um, like that. There was a few people picked to kind of to perform uh, alongside him. So of course we were we were warned, and his partner was kind of there, and he was saying, you know, don't approach him or don't ask him questions and all this kind of stuff. And we're like, okay. So um, we were on stage, and he came in, and he was wearing a black Adidas tracksuit with pink feathered earrings
0: and sunglasses.
1: (laughs) I remember kind of going, is that it? (laughs) <laughs> you know, just just because he was so normal and he yeah. was so down to earth and he was, there was no kind of like there's other people I've met and they've been very kind of oh you know this is who I am but he was so kind of like hi guys you know we're gonna yeah. do this together and you know he sat down at the piano and he was like so where do where do you want to start and stuff and he was just so kind of yeah um and he was lovely he was really nice and then we, we went to an after party show with him and uh, the green room, Joy. like that. He was just so nice, and he was yeah. he was he was such a lovely man, and so talented. Like, I mean, he just yeah. he's yeah, no, he's he's unbelievable. He's I have yeah. so much
0: respect. Did you watch the the movie that came out? Was it last I did. You? I did. Yeah. What, what I mean, did you think I'm of not,
1: that? Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know much about him. It's funny, yeah. you know, like, because it was a similar Same. to Bohemian Rhapsody. You know, yeah. It's amazing. It's, it, it's almost, and then you wonder how much is true to true to life. You know, because well, that's right. Things. That's, that's... But um, I thought, yeah, no, I thought it was really interesting. You know, it was more kind of his later life that I would have kind of known a little bit more about. So it was really interesting yeah. to see his journey. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, he's he's an amazing man. I have a lot of respect for
0: him. I would have loved to have uh, seen an actual documentary. I, I know it was like a musical and I was playing all of these songs in in, in the show. Mm-hmm. Great movie. Yeah, Bohemian Rhapsody, wow. They, they did a great job doing that. Uh, Freddie Mercury and uh, in China they didn't release it straight away they weren't even going to play it and then it won best best uh, actor uh, in the movie one of these awards and then all of a sudden the pressure was on so they got the movie and you know China's very strict with you know the sort of PG they only want PG they don't want M they don't want so they Mm. cut apparently like eight or nine minutes out of the movie Like, obviously, with Freddie's sort of sexuality and, Mm -hmm. you know, the drugs and alcohol and blah, 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 blah. But, yeah, it's just very, very interesting. And you you get get into a taxi and they're playing Queen, like they're they're a brand-new band. And and Mm -hmm. people people here are just like, wow, the Queen band, they're great. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This new band, Queen. It's just... (laughs) crazy like they, they they'd never heard of them. so no. while we're on the topic of celebrities um who else have you collaborated with like uh, you know i'm sure many celebrities have come in and wanted to have the orchestra a part of their you know their music their cds their live performances so tell us just off the top of your head who have you um, sort of
1: they were the kind of main ones that we that we worked with um mm. there would have been a lot of kind of recordings use I mean I know there was um I worked with Stephen um Stephen Rennix on the the music for Room It's a film an Irish movie and uh, we did a lot of the lot of the backing tracks for that um I think I think it was more again that was kind of the side parts that we did as opposed to a lot of the classical stuff. So it was kind of, it was more just little things that we would have done. Like, I mean, we've loads of celebrities in terms of the classical world, but yes. in terms of kind of pop thing, it was more, they were kind of the main, the main things. Um, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did a, did a lot of kind of that stuff.
0: Now, now the one thing, because I've, I've been in rock bands, hard rock bands, playing guitar, and now here in Shanghai, I'm playing drums. You know, I always respect doesn't matter what instrument it is doesn't what m- music it is I always respect talented talented uh, performers playing their instrument or singing or however they do it and I got convinced when I just finished high school to go and watch the the Sydney uh, symphony play Mozart and they had opera singers and I was like Craig do you want to come and I was like uh, it's not my thing thing um you know metallica played with the symphony and that was good but you know uh, mm. okay okay why not and i got there really early because I, I wanted to just see how it all worked i'd never been there before and i was amazed they tuned for an hour mm. maybe an t- hour 45 mm. minutes to an hour just just tuning up mm. and but like the, the conductor went, you up the back, yeah, you, you know, you're out of tune.
1: Yeah.
0: Tune up. Mm-hmm. I could not believe that. The ear of the conductor up the back mm-hmm. was, you know, this mm-hmm. much out. Just amazing. And then they performed for like an hour and a half mm-hmm. and without a beat, no very – limited breaks in between the songs Mm -hmm. i was just blown away so Mm -hmm. i since then since that that night i've had a a much respect uh (laughs) for orchestras in general and uh when i went back there last year i I took a friend back to australia we went to the um the sydney opera house and they had the the uh the keyboardist or the pianoist up right up the top in the room Mm -hmm. playing oh it was amazing was just like now, do you have music that you listen to now and is, has it changed musically for you?
1: In terms of what I listen to or in terms yeah. of what yeah, I... Yeah, yeah, Um, I mean, I, I suppose when you're that um, immersed in something... Um, Stick with it. You find it very hard to just sit back and enjoy it because yes. you... Kind of, you're hearing all the cues, or you're hearing how someone's <laughs> plays something, or whether they play it right or not, or you know. So you're you're kind of constantly analyzing it, which is a little bit tricky because it's it is it is a little bit upsetting because you just sometimes want to go, you know. And that's why I love film music because I, I'm um. able to do that. Classical music, I would there would always be a case where if I go to now if it's if it's if it's uh, yes. executed brilliantly, of course I'm like oh that's amazing, you know. Um, but
0: you did that wrong. You could have done that better. It, it,
1: it, there is there is an aspect yeah. that that's really annoying because you just you know you want to go you know and I always respect I always respect you know the inside kind of circle I suppose because anyone who has played an instrument knows how difficult it is to do you yeah. know and how difficult it is to do well. So um, I suppose in terms of that, I haven't I ha- haven't lost that which is yeah. kind of something i would have loved to kind of just put to bed and said right you know i'm not going to be a class to music anymore so i can listen to music again yes. um but you you never lose that because i suppose growing up with that and kind of being concentrated and that i suppose that was one of the other reasons that i kind of took a step back from from music because i did i did feel that it was becoming too concentrated and too much about kind of doing well or Kind of rising to 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 meet the bar or the standard. Yes. I I, ju- I yes. just wasn't enjoying it in the same yes. way. I di- I didn't want to lose my complete love for music by yes. by ruining that. So I kind of said I'm gonna I'm gonna take a step back from that and park that, and then look into another side of um of self expression or arts, which then of course brought me into into acting. So yes. um
0: yeah, sponsors like with your equipment. Like did you get have people that wanted to sort of endorse you as a where you just sort of just and
1: kind of did what i did it and was, did um, you
0: and, and were you able to are you able to have like a, a like a healthy career like can you do this professionally full-time or do you have to have other sort of work
1: uh, i think definitely with the studies and like i i with what i kind of did there was a lot of scholarships like i would have applied for bursaries and scholarships which did, which covered quite a lot because um, like my parents definitely wouldn't be massively well off. So any, anything I could do to kind of help. Um, so competitions, you kind of win some money or um, bursaries in particular um, or like the academy and different places. You get scholarships, which kind of knocks a bit, of, bit off the price. So and I suppose when it comes into then professionally, um, having the background of being in the top schools makes it a lot easier because you have that on your resume. So everyone wants you, you know, Mm -hmm. whereas if you kind of had stuck locally or you kind of did it to a lesser degree, you would have to prove yourself a bit more. So
0: having the qualifications
1: that I had. Um, yeah, I mean, if I had continued down that ruse, I very easily could have, you know, gotten involved in a professional orchestra full time and probably done a bit of teaching on the side. I mean, it, it would be a comfortable life. But, yes. again, I think it was, it, it just got to a point where I was kind of falling out of love with it. And I said, I really don't mm. want to ruin that in case, you know, yes. better things are to come later on, you know.
0: The good thing about music is you, there's no age limit. You can be yeah. 70 or 80 and you can still, yeah. you know, Get yeah. guitar out and just jam on it, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and no, I'd love i to get yeah. back into it, but yeah, I it it just got to a point where I was like I can't do this anymore. I just I had no passion. I kind of I, it was literally just like a chore. I was like, okay, I'll just you know, play a gig, and all these people are saying, you know, oh, but, you know, you give so much joy and love, and, you know, it's such a gift to have, and I'm kind of going, yeah, and what? You know, and I
0: that's just... F- that's, that's for them, what about for you? <laughs>
1: exactly, it just wasn't fulfilling, and I was going, I don't want to be stuck in this situation where I'm just, you know, ploughing away at something that I, you know, because ne- de- then was the time to change it, and I just said, you know what? Yeah. I, have to, I have to do something, because otherwise I'll just yeah. get stuck in a rut for the rest of my life, and I just, I just didn't yeah. want to do
0: that. Yeah. Hi, I'm Nigel, the Shanghai psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world, but I can also tune in to you, tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving thirty percent discount on all "Tell Craig Your Story" listeners. Just use the code "Tell Craig Your Story" for thirty percent off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic.